It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us, come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day. At 1045 in the morning, we have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly... It usually is the most powerful one. Uh, But if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's kjcword, at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. So a couple of things that we're going to be getting into in this uh, sermon um, series on Jesus. Number one, in, in 1 John chapter number 5 and verse number 12. I want to show you something that's extremely important when it comes to Jesus. Jesus is not the icing on top of a good life. Jesus Jesus is not how to have a better life. Uh, Jesus is not how to help you control your temper. Jesus is not how to help you break a bad habit. Uh, Jesus is God. He's God manifest in the flesh. And so what I want to look at tonight is this verse right here. In verse number 12, it says, He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Now, how important is it to know Christ? It's life and death. It's eternity and damnation. And here in this verse, it says, if if you have Jesus, you have life or eternal life. As we know in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. But if you don't have Jesus right, you don't have anything. It doesn't matter how good you are, or how many times you go to church, how much money you give, or like it says in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, you could give all your goods to the poor, you could offer yourself up to be burned, but if you don't have charity in your life, it's nothing. It profiteth you nothing. And if you don't have your faith right, On Jesus Christ, it profits you nothing. So the most important thing that any of us could ever have is a solid foundation on Jesus Christ, to know who He is, to know know our Savior. Amen? Amen. And so this is why it's so important, because if if somebody misses on Jesus, they they have whiffed. They have struck out. 
and it's, it's for eternity. So if you have Jesus, you have life, but if you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. Now, go ahead and move on down to 2 John, verse number 7. Um, just a few more verses down, about 20 more verses down. Look in 2 John, verse 7. It says, many deceivers. Everybody say deceivers. deceivers. Do you know who is trying to deceive you? Satan. Your enemy. Our enemy, his, his job is to deceive us. And there are many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So here you have uh, the importance, first off, that if you don't have Jesus right, you don't have life, and, and, and you have missed out on that. And here you're seeing that there are deceivers out in the world who deny Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that, that, and that those people are in fact antichrist. This is uh, the majority of, of, of false teachers fall under this camp whether it be somebody who is a Jehovah's Witness or somebody who is a Mormon or somebody who is, um, all, all, you know, almost every single one of the cult teachings out there deny Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. And so this tells you where that comes from. This comes from a place of deception to deceive you and rob you from eternal life. If the deceiver can get you off of Jesus Christ, he can deceive you and rob you from what God has for you. He that hath the Son hath life. So if he can rob you from who Jesus is, he can take away from you your faith. Okay? This is why it's so important to know who Jesus is. Now as we get into this uh, Christology, one of the things that you're going to notice is that over time, there's been a diminishing of his deity. A diminishing of his deity. A deity is another $2 word. They're talking about that he is God, okay? There's a, a continual degrading on his deity. Uh, but we know that, that Jesus is God. So we're going to be looking at a few of these aspects. And um, let's go ahead and, and turn first off. Uh, to John chapter number 1, and we're going to go through a few of these uh, foundational verses. Uh, so first one we're going to go to is in John chapter number 1. It says in the, in the first verse of John chapter number 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, there are certain translations of the Bible that do not say that the Word was God. What they say is the Word was a God. This is a Jehovah's Witness Bible. This is how they get around teaching that Jesus is God manifest in the flesh because they teach that everybody can be a God, just like many of the Word of Faith kind of teachers, that we're all little gods and we can all you know, have our own little worlds. Kind of like uh, Mormons, they think whenever they leave this earth, they're going to all have their own planets because they're all little gods. Uh, it's, it's all science fiction, it's all deception, but this is the truth. that it's, there's, not an, a, there's not a letter A in there. It says that, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what we're talking about here is 
you have a multiplying effect of who God is. So we know that God is one because the Bible says that the Lord our God is one. We know that. And we know that the Bible says that there is no God beside him. He said, there is no other God. There is no God beside me, he said. So we know there's not multiple gods. We know there's only one God. But he is manifest in three persons. So this is, and this is how we begin to understand this principle. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So that, that lets you know that, okay, there's two separate persons there. There's two persons there. But at the same time, the Word was also God, and God is one. So how does that work? Well, now you're beginning to understand how the Trinity works. Nobody can really fully understand it. All, you gotta, all you're supposed to do is believe what the Bible says. Amen. Right? You don't have to. You, God didn't tell you that you have to understand every single thing about Him. In fact, you can't. You never will. He is above you. Who can know the mind of God? But we're called to have the mind of Christ. The mind of God is far different from the mind of Christ. Christ came to, to do the will of the Father, to be the servant, to accomplish the plan of salvation, to work that out for us. And so we have the mind of Christ. That is the mind of a servant. That's the mind we're supposed to have. Everybody gets all off course whenever they don't understand something and they get mad at God for it, right? When you're not, you don't, all God told you is believe. Didn't he? He said, believe. He didn't say, believe after you figured it all out. He didn't say, believe after you understand every nuance. He said, believe. Believe. And so that's what we're called to do is just, hey, if the Bible says it, we're supposed to believe it. That's what we're supposed to do. The Bible, the Word of God, is supposed to be our final authority. If, if the Bible is not our final authority, what is? Some teacher on YouTube? If the Bible's not our final authority, what is? Somebody's commentary? Somebody's dictionary? If you're going to make the dictionary your final authority, you're going to miss out badly. You're going to be misled badly. But if the Word of God is your final authority, just like God said, that He magnifies His Word above His very name. His Word has been tried uh, seven times. It's pure. But look, look how this goes. Now we're talking about Jesus. Okay, John chapter 1 is talking about Jesus and who He is. I'm going to show you why this is important. So, He was in the beginning, and what that shows is that wherever the beginning of God, right, the beginning of creation, Jesus was already there. Amen. He was never made. He was there in the beginning of the, of the creation of the world. Yeah. In the beginning, okay, was the Word. And, and so that tells you that the Word did not have a beginning, just like God did not have a beginning. God is eternal, and Jesus is eternal. Okay, And the Spirit of God is eternal. He's eternally the Son of God, eternally God the Father, eternally the Spirit of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Why do you think whenever uh, Genesis chapter 1, uh, you know, God said, let us make man in our image? Who do you think that God was talking to when He said, let us make man in our image? Let me ask you a question. Whose image are you made in? Man is made in the image of God. So He wasn't talking to angels. When He said, let us make man in our image, He wasn't talking to the angels because we're not made in the image of angels. He was talking to Jesus. He's talking to the Spirit of God. 
So again, that shows you a little bit fuller picture of the Godhead. Now this is all uh, so that you know that you have your faith right on Jesus Christ. This is, um, uh, it says in verse 2, uh, that the same was in the beginning with God. Again, he's reinforcing the fact that Jesus, the Word of God, the Logos, the Word of God, was in the beginning with God. In fact, so it says he had no beginning. Okay? In verse number three, this is very important one right here. All things were made by him. Everybody say all things. All things, all things were made by by him. Do you think that all means all in this verse? Amen. I, lo I love teachers that, that use that illustration. You know, I looked up in the dictionary what all means, and it means all. You look up in the dictionary what none means, it means none. The all means all. It's not a hard word to understand. All things. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So, apart from Jesus, there has never been anything made because He made all things. So that tells you right there that Jesus was not made. When He was born 2,000 years ago, that was not the beginning of Jesus. Amen. That was when His flesh was birthed. But He had an eternal beginning, okay? He always existed as the Son of Man. He was the fourth man in the fire, amen? He was the one who came and talked to Joshua, the one who wrestled with Jacob. He was, you know, always showing up in pre-incarnate ways all throughout the history of the nation of Israel. And here we see that there's nothing made, um, that there was nothing made without Him making it. One of the things that some uh, deceivers who are of the Antichrist will tell you is that Jesus made all things, but He was the first thing God made. Well, this verse right here says a different story. Jesus, they'll, they'll give you, if, if you talk to a Jehovah's Witness on your doorstep, and you'll say, yeah, but Jesus made all things. And they'll say, okay, yeah, that's right. But what they won't tell you is that they believe that God made Jesus. Okay, because they believe in a Jesus who's an angel. In fact, Michael, the archangel, is who they believe Jesus is. So they believe he's a created person and then God used him to create all things. So when you're talking to someone who has got a deceived view of Jesus, they may say the word Jesus and you may say the word Jesus, but you're talking about two different gods. Just because somebody says Jesus doesn't mean much especially in our day. Amen. And we're facing the, the great falling away. You're talking, I was reading in uh, 2 Thessalonians uh, earlier because I'm preparing for some, uh, some stuff about the rapture we're going to be getting into. Uh, but you know, that great falling away is coming soon and we could be experiencing it right now. You see people going away left and to the right. Amen? Amen. You, when, you, when you preach cold, hard truth, not many people like that. And a lot of, we like to have it what? Easy going. Tell me how good I am. Tell me how to get a new car. This kind of stuff. But listen, nothing, nothing, nothing was made without Jesus. That's why it says all things were made by Him. So whenever you get into a discussion with somebody, these are the kind of terms that you've got to talk about. When, they, when, when somebody says Jesus and you say Jesus, say, okay, which Jesus are you talking about? 
Because Paul told you, Paul told you that people will come and preach another gospel and another Jesus. And he said, if they do, let them be accursed. So you got to watch out. Just because somebody says Jesus don't mean they're talking about the same one. Talking about uh, people that are caught up in Jehovah's Witness. I won't just speak on them. Look at um, in Mormons, uh, same thing. Same thing. It's a different Jesus. They, they b- believe on a Jesus who has a brother named Lucifer. Ding, ding, ding. Lucifer was an angel. Which means they believe Jesus was an angel. So, created being. Again, this goes back to foundational principles so that you don't get led astray so that your faith is on the solid rock, okay? Not on just, well, yeah, I believe... Je-. Well, which Jesus do you believe? Do you believe the Jesus that they're talking about, the Jesus they're talking about, or the Jesus that's in the Word of God? Which Jesus do you believe? And so that's why it's so important, because remember how we started out, He that hath the Son hath what? And he that hath not the Son hath not life. That's why it's important. Why is it so important to talk about Jesus? Because everything hinges on who you believe Jesus is. Do you know that I went to church many, many, many years before I heard the truth about who Jesus was? It went a long time before I heard stuff like I'm sharing with you tonight. It went a long time. I don't think people were, were ill-meaning. I just think they didn't know no better. Okay? But, but just because a group says Jesus doesn't mean they're talking about the same Jesus you are. So when you get on Facebook, you get friends, you talk to people, whatever, and they start talking about Jesus, I, I don't care who it is. You listen. Listen to what they're saying. Ask which Jesus you're talking about. You're talking about this one or that one? Which one? Watch this. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, skip down to verse number 14. And the Word... Now, that's Jesus, right? That's Jesus. It's the Bible. The Word of God. And the Word was made flesh. Was the Word in the beginning with God? So there was something that was in the beginning with God that made all things and nothing was made without it. It was in the beginning of of time. It it was before time began. That same Word became flesh. Welcome to Christmas. (laughs) This is the incarnation. This is why it's so glorious. That Word, that Son of God, that Jesus, which had no beginning, which has always been before time began, eternally the Son of God became flesh. Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. This is why it's so wonderful. Our truth. This is who Jesus is. This is the, the, the rock of our salvation. Upon this rock, no other foundation can be laid. This is who Jesus is. The Word was made flesh. And John says, and He dwelt among us. 
They actually were watching. Can you imagine? They were watching that which had no beginning that became flesh live with them. Talk with them. That Son of God who pre-existed all of creation became a man. Can you imagine the stories He could have told? Can you imagine the depth of His voice when He looked upon the people that He made? Think about it. All things were made by Him. Can you imagine living among people that you made? In a place that you made? And yet they despised Him. And yet they rejected Him. And yet upon Him all our iniquity was laid. It's the Lamb of God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Praise the Lord. Amen. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter number 9. Isaiah chapter number 9. Over here in, in Isaiah, we have some very powerful, very powerful uh, promises, prophecies about Jesus. Look what it says in verse number six. For unto us. A child is born unto us, a son is given. Again, that's Emmanuel. Again, that is the Word became flesh. The Son was given by God as a gift to you and me. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish and have everlasting life. Listen. The Word became flesh. The Son was given as a gift to you and me. A child was born 2,000 years ago. That's when, that's when the actual body was made, but the Son was given the Son existed and was given. When He became a man on this earth, He was fully God and fully man. I'm going to show you that in just a second. Fully God and fully man. Now listen, this is why it's important. This is why it's important. The government shall be upon His shoulder and His name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. Can you think of somebody else whose name is the Counselor? The Holy Spirit, right. Watch this. The mighty God. The everlasting... Can you think of somebody else named the Father? 
And these three are one. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and my Father are one. And the Bible says that, that the Father, the Son, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, these three are one in 1 John 5. So here you see the Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's Jesus. So there you have a Trinity again, all in the flesh. The Son given and the child born. So we're talking about, we're talking about a powerful, powerful promise here uh, that a child would be born and a son would be given. Now we're going to go to one more place tonight. That's Philippians chapter 2. Uh, we're going to uh, grab hold of something here. Philippians chapter 2. We have probably one of the most... Uh, one of the most misconstrued verses in modern Bibles. This passage and another passage that we will get to in 1 Timothy. Whenever you compare the Word of God with other Bibles, you'll see a big difference in this passage and in other Bibles. 1 John 5, 7 in a lot of Bibles is not even there. It goes from, from verse 6 to verse 8 in the NIV. There's a lot of verses like that. You see right here, for, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 2, this is another one of those that most people turn on its head. Most people turn on its head. I want to show you why it's so important. Um, okay, let's look. I want to show you why first. <clears throat> look in verse number 4. Because the Apostle Paul is talking about how we need to consider other people, okay? Then, and, and, and in other words, it's not all about you. You need to be thinking about other people, right? He says in, in verse number 4, Look not every man on his own things. If we could just get that one right, we might change the church world upside down. Come on. Look not every man on his own things, because you know what? We're all about our own things. We're too wrapped up in our own world to see people hurting around us. We're too wrapped up in our own world to see people to, to see people falling by the wayside. Come on. You want to talk about changing the church? You don't need laser lights. You need a new heart. You need to start loving folks. If we could get those two things right, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor likewise, if we could do that, we don't need laser lights. We don't need smoke machines. We would have revival. We would have revival. We'd be dancing like David all up and down this whole city. And people would be looking at us like his wife did. <laughs> We'd be saying, you think this is bad? I can get worse than this. You want to catch me in a praise fit? Watch this. Isn't that what David did? But so Paul's, Paul is, is trying to get them to, to say, you know what, you need, to, you need to be considering other folks. You need to be considering other folks. Watch. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is a mindset that, which is, that was in Jesus. Wasn't Jesus about his own business? He was about the Father's business. 
He wasn't out to cause people to serve him, was he? He said, did he say, I came to be served? Go give me some, some dates and some grapes and some tea. Right? I need a $62 million jet. Y'all need to take up another offering. But what do you see Jesus doing? You see him giving. What did he do with the bread and the fish? Huh? It's backwards. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church. And we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us. Our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning. And then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services. And we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjcword at gmail.com. Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith. It's time for Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. And now, here's Pastor Kenny Word. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Defending the Faith. We're so glad that you joined us on today's program. Now, my name is Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor of Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, our church is down in South Bossier City, and we're a non-denominational congregation. If you don't have a church home, we would love to have you come visit us, come join us uh, for one of our upcoming services. We have Wednesday night services at 7 o'clock p.m., and then on Sundays, we have two services on the Lord's Day. At 1045 in the morning, we have our main service, and then we're a little bit old-fashioned. We have church at night. It's a 6 o'clock service, and honestly... It usually is the most powerful one. Uh, But if you don't have a church home, we want to make an invitation to you. We preach the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We preach that there is hope for every soul and that God's desire is to reconcile you to Himself through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you need a church home, come worship the Lord with us at Gospel Lighthouse Church. Now, as we get into this program, we pray that this message is a blessing to you. We pray that God would speak to you, that it would be anointed and minister to you. And if you have any questions, you can always email me at kjcword, that's kjcword, at gmail.com. You can email me anytime. And now let's go ahead and get on into the message. God bless you. One of the most misconstrued verses in 
modern Bibles. This passage and another passage that we will get to in 1 Timothy. Whenever you compare the Word of God with other Bibles, you'll see a big difference in this passage and in other Bibles. 1 John 5, 7 in a lot of Bibles is not even there. It goes from, from verse 6 to verse 8 in the NIV. There's a lot of verses like that. You see right here for, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 2, this is another one of those that most people turn on its head. Most people turn on its head. I want to show you why it's so important. Um, okay, let's look. I want to show you why first. <clears throat> look in verse number 4. Because the Apostle Paul is talking about how we need to consider other people. Okay? Then, and, and, and in other words, it's not all about you. You need to be thinking about other people. Right? He says in, in verse number 4, Look not every man on his own things. If we could just get that one right, we might change the church world upside down. Come on. Look not every man on his own things, because you know what? We're all about our own things. We're too wrapped up in our own world to see people hurting around us. We're too wrapped up in our own world to see people, to, to see people falling by the wayside. Come on. You want to talk about changing the church? You don't need laser lights. You need a new heart. You need to start loving folks. If we could get those two things right, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor likewise, if we could do that, we don't need laser lights. We don't need smoke machines. We would have revival. We would have revival. We'd be dancing like David all up and down this whole city. And people would be looking at us like his wife did. We'd be saying, you think this is bad? I can get worse than this. You want to catch me in the praise fit? Watch this. Isn't that what David did? Amen. But so Paul's, Paul is, is trying to get them to, to say, you know what? You need, to, you need to be considering other folks. You need to be considering other folks. Watch. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is a mindset that, which is, that was in Jesus. Wasn't Jesus about His own business? He was about the Father's business. He, he wasn't out to cause people to serve Him, was He? he said, did He say, I came to be served? Go give me some, some dates and some grapes and some tea. Right? I need a $62 million jet. Y'all need to take up another offering. But what do you see Jesus doing? You see Him giving. What did He do with the bread and the fish? Huh? It's backwards. It's backwards. Okay. I'll get off that rabbit trail. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So Paul's calling you to understand the mindset that Jesus had. And He was here dwelling in the flesh. He's called you to have the same kind of mindset, which, according to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, the Bible says you should have. You should have the mind of Christ, according to 1 Corinthians 2. You should have the mind of Christ. So, if we don't, whose fault is it? 
If we don't, if, if, if we don't look on other people, if we don't have this mindset, it's not God's fault. Amen. Right? Let His mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God... So does that say that Jesus was in the form of God? Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. If I called myself the President of the United States, I would be robbing something from the actual President. Because it's not mine. Right? If I called myself God, I would be robbing something that is God's because I'm not God. But Jesus, being in the form of God, did not think it robbery to be, everybody say equal. Equal with God. This is why whenever Thomas worshipped Him, whenever Jesus showed Him His side and His hands, and Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas, but I think he was just doing what Jesus told him to do. Jesus told him not to believe unless he saw. That's what he said. When, when Thomas saw his, his side and his hands, Thomas fell down and he said, My Lord and my God. And Jesus, if he was not God, should have turned him over to get stoned. Because you're not supposed to worship anyone other than who? In fact, whenever Jesus told the, the, the Pharisees over there in, in John chapter 8, He said, before Abraham was, I am. And they took to throw Him off because He made Himself to be equal with God. They tried to kill Jesus because He made Himself as equal with God. And yet there you have Thomas worshiping him, equal with God. Jesus doesn't rebuke Thomas. He doesn't say, now Thomas, you know you're only supposed to worship God. Jesus received his worship when Thomas said, my Lord, my God. So Jesus here in verse 6, this is his frame of mind. Even though he was in the form of God, he did not think it robbery to be equal with God. Now, if you will look at that verse in probably 70% of other Bibles, it's going to say the complete opposite of that. Complete opposite. Check it out. But here you see that Jesus did not think it robbery to be equal with God. Look at the next verse. But what did He do? He made Himself of no reputation and took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. So you see that He existed before His body was made? You see that? He was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself. Not my will, Father, but Thy will be done. He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. This is when He became the Lamb of God. Just like John the Baptist saw over there in John chapter 1. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who came to what? 
Take away the sin of the world. This is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's what Jesus came to do. That was His mission. And He became obedient to the mission. When He found Himself... Can you imagine going from glory to this place? We're all trying to get from here to glory. But can you imagine going from glory to here? It's a little bit worse than stepping in a pig pen. It's a little bit worse than going from your nice house to stepping in the pig pen. That's nasty. But can you imagine going from glory to this place? Sin infested. Fallen world. Now, it wasn't always like that. In the beginning, it was good. But then there came sin, and then there came death. And now we have a fallen world. Well, watch this, though. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, which was humiliating. Humiliating. Beard plucked. crown of thorns on his head. Most people say they crucified them naked just to totally humiliate them. Pierced wrists, feet, and side. Struggling for breath. Whipped on his back. But the pain of the cross was nothing. You see, he was in the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he was praying, "Not my will, but Thy will be done." Had he sweat those drops of blood? He wasn't worried about the cross itself. It was the sin of the world that was going to be placed on him. The iniquity of us all, it says in Isaiah, was placed on Him. You see, no other person could bear the iniquity of all of us. It had to be sinless, perfect sacrifice. It had to be God manifest in the flesh because no human could ever do it. Because we as humans are sinful. He's not. He became a man, but He's still fully God. The best we could ever do is not mess up as bad as we did yesterday. Jesus, though, is the only person the Bible ever records that the Father said from heaven, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. No amount of money you give, no amount of offering you give, no amount of good works you do, no amount of good church attendance, no amount of nothing you do will ever equal that. Jesus pleased the Father in every situation, in every breath, in every moment, in all that He did because He and the Father are one. And yet He allowed Himself to become humiliated, tortured, abused on the cross. Obedient to the death of the cross. It's prophesied in Isaiah 58. Three. Because why? See, most people don't understand why this is. Why is this so important? Because if you didn't have Jesus to bear your sins, 
you would have no hope and you would die in your sins. Let me restate. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. So if you don't have Jesus, God manifests in the flesh. If you don't have that, you don't have any hope of eternal life. Our sin so disqualifies us from heaven, it's not funny. Our sin is so vile. Even if all you did was steal a piece of bubble gum, you can never work it off with God. Amen. You know, if you get a speeding ticket, sometimes you can work it off. You can, you can go take a class. Right? Maybe you can pay it. Make things right. If you don't pay it, they put you in jail for a certain amount of days, but then they say, now we're square. Justice has been served. Now we're square. Well, guess what? God's a little bit holier than your local parish. And when you've trespassed against God, there's no amount of jail time you can serve to make you right again. There's no amount of nothing you can do to remove that stain. The only thing that you can ever do is pray for God's mercy. And God was merciful when He gave us Jesus. The wages of sin is death, but... See, it doesn't stop. Before Jesus, it stopped. The wages of sin is death, and everybody just died. But then Jesus comes. The wages of sin is death, but... The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why it's so important. That's why it it can't be that He's an angel. Because angels aren't perfect. Angels cry out that God is holy. Not the other way around. Had to be a holy sacrifice. That's who Jesus is. And so, when Jesus became obedient to the death, He was humiliated and scorned and mocked and laughed at. And the whole time, the whole time, He was doing the will of the Father. It pleased the Father to crush the Son. Because in His crushing, He bought you. It pleased the Father to crush the Son because in the Son's being crushed, He purchased your salvation. He paid the price to bring you back into right relationship with God. That's why, that's why, if people deny Jesus, they miss God. They miss God. Now you know why it moves from this point. The death of the cross, it goes from the lowest of lows to the crushing, to where the payment was actually made, where the sin was laid on the Lamb of God. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. That's why it goes from this point, death of the cross, to this Wherefore God also hath, what? Highly exalted Him. 
From the lowest of lows to the being... Listen, we don't understand. We can preach it, we can sing it, we can study it for all of your life, but you will never understand the depth of what it took for the eternal, holy Son of God to become to this place, don this flesh, and bear our sins on the cross. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Can you imagine the one who was worshipped for all of ages past? Eternity past. All of creation sings, worthy is the Lamb, holy is the Lamb, holy, holy, holy. And yet, He stepped out of glory into this dump. And He bought you. He bought you with His own blood. The precious blood of the Lamb. And so that's why it says, He went from that place of the crushing, that place of humiliation, that holy God who, who, who bore our filthy sin. Because of that, God highly exalted Him, wherefore God also hath highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name. Everybody say every name. Every name. He's been given a name which is above every name. That at the name, come on church, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He went from the place of being crushed where His name was mocked. Above His head was written, Jesus, the King of the Jews. They mocked His very name. And as He was being crushed and bore our sins, God exalted Him higher than any other thing. Higher than any other thing. That at His name, every knee will bow. At His name, every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ is Lord. They're not confessing that an angel... It's Lord. They're not confessing a created being is Lord. It's confessing God manifests in the flesh. It's Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Sweetest name I know. Sweetest name I know. Now here we see... That God exalted him and gave him a name, which is above every name. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 as we come to a close on the service. Again, this is the first sermon I want to give you on Christology. This is a, a series on who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? It makes all the difference in your eternity. 
Yeah, it's good to know Jonah and Peter and Paul. It's good to know Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah. But friends, if you don't know Jesus, it don't matter what else you know. And it all matters on which Jesus you're talking about. Two things. Watch this. Look in verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, and you should be looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He begins your faith. Your faith cannot be launched out from anything other than Jesus. Amen. He's the author of it. Amen. If you're believing for a $66 million jet, you need to show me where Jesus believed for a $66 million jet. Otherwise, it's not right faith. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. It begins and it ends on Jesus. No other rock I know. No other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, come on now, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. Now we just talked about how He was crushed. How He sweat drops of blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. But yet you also see that He went to the cross with joy before Him. Yes, it was agony. Yes, it was a crushing. But even in the crushing, there was joy. What joy was that? He's purchasing you. He's paying the price for your soul. That's the joy. That's the joy. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's Jesus. Jesus went to the cross with joy set before Him, church, because He was purchasing our salvation. Our salvation. I want to take you one more place. We'll close. Let's close over here in 2nd Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Here we go. Paul's upset with the church in Corinth. He's saying that they're putting up with stuff they shouldn't be putting up with doing things they shouldn't be doing. He's fearful for them. You know how you got kids that maybe they're a little bit naive or maybe they're trouble prone? Kind of fear that one, right? Maybe you got some kids that, that can manage, but then you got some other ones that kind of worried about that one. Well, that's how he felt about the Corinth church. Okay? That's how he felt about them. 
Hopefully he don't feel that way about us. He's a little bit worried about him. Look what he says in verse 3. He says he fears, lest by any means the serpent, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtly. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So he's a little bit worried that they're going to be moved off of the simplicity of the Lord Jesus Christ. What I preach to you tonight is not rocket science, but it'll rock your world. I preach to you tonight is it is the it is the foundation of our very faith and make no mistake about it all of the saints from ages all through the last 2000 years have believed this gospel be moved by the by being corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ and watch this for if he that cometh preaches another Jesus say another Jesus, another Jesus. that's what I'm telling you that's what I'm telling you. There are deceivers, and I showed you those deceivers are antichrists. There are deceivers out there who preach another Jesus. Just because somebody says Jesus doesn't mean it's the Jesus that I just preached to you. And so he's saying, I'm a little bit worried about you because I fear that you might be a little bit corrupted by people who are preaching another Jesus. So be careful when you hear people talking about Jesus what they're talking about. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. You see what he's saying? He's saying, I'm a little bit fearful of you. I'm a little bit worried about you. Because I kind of fear that somebody might come preach another Jesus and have another spirit and another gospel, and you might just put up with it. You might just put up with it. He's a little bit worried about them, right? So this is why it's so important to have Jesus right. There are people out there preaching another Jesus and another gospel and another spirit. Again, one last time. He that hath the Son hath what? And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on Defending the Faith. I'm Pastor Kenny Word. I'm the pastor over at Gospel Lighthouse Church. And we want you to know that we would love for you to come visit us. Our address is 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. We're a non-denominational congregation. Listen, we meet on Sundays at 1045 in the morning. And then we also have Sunday night services at 6 p.m. Then you can find us on Wednesdays. We have a Bible study at 7 p.m. But we hope to see you at one of our upcoming services. And we're so thankful that you joined us on the radio today. If you have any questions about the program today or a past episode, you can email me. I'm Pastor Kenny at kjcword at gmail.com. That's kjcword at gmail.com. Until we see you again, may God richly bless you. You have been listening to Defending the Faith with Pastor Kenny Word of Gospel Lighthouse Church in Bossier City. Defending the Faith uses foundational principles, fundamental teachings, and faithful preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to influence the world and strengthen believers in their daily walk. Gospel Lighthouse Church is located at 4350 Panther Drive in Bossier City. Go to churchlighthouse.com for more information. And please tune in again next time for Defending the Faith.